Hey, we are so thankful that you're taking the time to tune into Grumlaw Church's podcast. It's our hope that this is an encouragement to you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you'd like to find out more about all things Grumlaw or for more info on our in-person gatherings, you can check us out at grumlaw.com. Now lean in. We're expectant for how God is going to use this time to speak to you today. Welcome Grumlaw family, Grumlaw friends, Grumlaw guests. I am so glad that you are tuning in right now to hear this message and to be part of this service today. You know, all of us have events in our lives um, uh, throughout the year. Some are more memorable than others. Now, when I say events, I'm not talking necessarily about those real big things all the time. I'm just talking about, you know, daily activities. But this time of year, it could be baking cookies. It could be going to an office party. It could be going to that favorite restaurant that you only go to once a year. Now, for some of you, you have an, a, an annual event where you travel to the Christmas Wonderland in Frankenmuth, Michigan. Uh, what is that? That's Bronner's that place that has unbelievable lights, and there's almost like a magic there. You may not know this, but they actually have over 800 animated figurines, over 100,000 lights. And here's a little tidbit for you. It takes $650 a day to power all of those figurines and those lights. That's right, $650 a day. What I really appreciate about Wally Bronner when he started this unbelievable wonderland, they hand out over one million tracks a year in the bags where there have been purchases to make sure that people hear the true meaning of Christmas. At Bronner's, Christ is at the center. In fact, the motto for Bronner's is this. Enjoy Christmas, it's his birthday. Enjoy life, it's his way. And what I want to do today is to emphasize some events that can be re revolving around this Christmas season that I believe can have high impact in all of our lives. And as a result of being a part of this talk today, our lives can be different. So let me go back to an event that actually propelled Wally Bronner. It involves some shepherds. Now, these shepherds were unique shepherds because they actually were tending the sheep that would be used for the sacrifices in the temple. These shepherds were out in the field, and all of a sudden they were encompassed by the Lord's glory. They were surrounded by God's presence. They were experiencing the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what was going on. It was creating an anxiety moment, a Malox moment. And then all of a sudden they heard, don't be afraid. This is really good news. The one that many have been anticipating, the Messiah has been born, and you'll see for yourself that there's a baby wrapped in linen and he's in a manger. 
That was all announced that led to another event. And so it's like this crescendo that's found in Luke 2, 13 through 14. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now what's interesting here, this was continuous praise. This was like the concert of concerts. This was like the last song in a concert where everything was crescendoing. It was like the encore of encores. And what's interesting, a lot of times when an angel appeared, it was that angel himself. It was one angel. But notice what it says, a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. Heaven itself was celebrating and making a declaration. But it wasn't just the declaration that the Messiah Jesus was coming. It was forward thinking, celebrating God's mercy to those who follow his will by accepting Jesus' son. And it said, glory to God. The focus was on him. The focus wasn't on the shepherds. Or to bring it to today's terms, not on you or me. There's, I, I, I just need to confess to you that sometimes when I he, hear newer songs today, they're like slurpy songs to me because the focus is on the individual rather than the focus being on God. Last week, when we were talking about the carol that we were, you notice that when we're worshiping and the glory's going to God, we're looking up. When it's on us and we're thinking of ourselves, we're looking down. This was an announcement that this Jesus who was coming was worthy of our future praise. It said in this passage that there will be peace on earth. And this isn't talking about wars. This, this isn't talking about bringing countries together. But this is talking about sinful humanity and a holy God being united, reunited. You know, it's interesting, uh, another little, uh, it, it's a little quirky to me, is when people say, pray for peace. Pray for peace? Peace on earth, and it's just thrown out. Will you pray for peace? There's no way of knowing peace without knowing the Prince of Peace. There's no substitute for that. That'd be like walking into McDonald's and expecting to get a Ruth Chris steak. It's just not going to happen. This is really good news, as we'll learn in this passage, to humanity that through the birth of Jesus and by God's decision of love and grace, we can experience life differently. Now, I shared that I'm going to share many different events. And when we experience Jesus, when we experience the truth and the reality of the Christmas story, there's an another, another event that takes place. John 17, 3 describes it. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. 
Notice the emphasis here. It's you, the true God, you alone, not many gods. No, one God, one true God, uno, no other, no equal, no comparison. I mean, there are people today that put more emphasis during the Christmas season to the elf on the shelf than they do the one true God. He's not a counterfeit. Jesus Christ is the one that was predicted in the Old Testament, Isaiah 9, 6. He's wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. Isn't there just a calming effect there knowing that we have a counselor, a mighty God, a father who loves us, and that there can be peace in our spirit? Here's something to think about to experience what we just experienced with that Isaiah 9 message. Faith begins where man's power ends. Mm. That, that's a screenshot right there. How do we live that out? Well, again, God's word gives us some guidance. Hebrews eleven six says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely, not flippantly, seek him. How can we please God? By actually building on the reality that he exists and developing an ongoing relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking about just intellectual assent here. I'm talking about where we truly believe because just saying that we believe in Jesus, well, guess what? James 2 tells us that Satan and his demons believe the same thing. You see, when we have an encounter with Jesus, which these events that we've already talked about with the shepherds, with this pronouncement, it creates change in people. People become different. I'm experiencing this every week with guys that I meet with regularly. Each and every week, I meet with several guys groups. And I'm seeing the change as guys are spending time with Jesus. They're asking the Holy Spirit to change their lives. There's a physical difference in their demeanor. They're not uptight. They're freer. I'm hearing from their wives what is happening in that group. Let me give you another example of change. There's a guy many, 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 many years ago by the name of Charles Wesley. The Wesley brothers, he had a brother also, John, and they were literally known for starting uh, the Methodist movement. Now, I can relate to that a little bit because my grandfather was a Methodist minister, and now I'm a minister, and now my son, Shay, who's the lead pastor here, he's a minister, so that lineage is going on. But what I never knew before, and in preparation for this talk, the title of Methodist was chosen because the Wesley brothers, who literally had a holy club, an unbelievable ministry in the jails, they literally 
said we're choosing the title Methodist because we want there to be a methodical approach to studying the scriptures and then presenting the scriptures. It was because of that kind of focus that Charles Wesley wrote over 6,500 hymns and every one of those hymns had a gospel message. And today, we're featuring that song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and we're going to sing that song. Now, to give you a greater understanding of that song, here's another event. Because that individual, Charlie Charles, who was touched by God, he wrote this song, and this song, this hymn is rich. And so I want to highlight several words of that song that we later will sing. The first is king, ultimate authority, the one to be revered, the one that was predicted and it, in fact, has happened that he has come. Look at Matthew 2.2. It says this, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as, as it rose, and we have come to worship him. You know, we see these different images from other countries where they're kings. And these kings are adored. And these kings are honored. And to be quite honest, sometimes it's kind of, uh, it's too much for me. Because I'm thinking, you've got nothing on the king of kings and the lord of lords. Speaking of the lord of lords... Uh, that's another word that is highlighted in Hark the Herald the Angels Sing. The, the title Lord was the most sacred Hebrew name that could ever be given. It meant master. It meant spiritual man. What does that mean? Ruler of himself. Ruler of his faculties. Ruler of the world. If, if you weren't listening to this, I would ask you to stand and to literally... Read this scripture out loud with me. And if you are viewing this and you're not um, just hearing this right now, would you stand and let's together read Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That was the name that at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, just reading that, I don't know what else to say. He has no equal. There's nothing that can be compared to him. And that God, that Lord, came and did something that another word that is highlighted in this carol is reconciled. That there is a change in relationship between God and man. The separation that exists because of sin has been suitored. And the friendship has, in fact, been restored. 
Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 5.19. For God was in Christ, they are one in the same, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message or to bring in a Christmas song or movie, a wonderful life message of reconciliation. Have you experienced that? Are you living that today? Another word that is highlighted in the carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, is incarnation, specifically incarnate deity. What does that mean? God took human form. Uh, I have a phrase that I use with people quite often. I say, hi campers, how are you? And people give you a kind of weird look like, why are you calling us campers? We can't stand RVing. We can't stand camping. I remember a few years back, I was out on a run and I was running by a Kroger and there were a couple people out taking a smoke break and I ran by and I said, hey campers, how are you? And I just kept running, and the look on their faces as they were taking another puff was pretty incredible. So I ran about 25 yards up, and then I came back, and I said, I bet you wonder why I called you campers. And they're going, yeah, kind of we do. I said, well, the truth is, is when people go camping, a lot of times it's really a good feel. People are roasting hot dogs. They're cooking s'mores. They're laughing. They're telling stories. It's just a good experience. I said, you may not know this, but... It says that when Jesus came to dwell among us, it actually means that he came to camp among us for a season. And it's not bad hanging out with Jesus at all. And it's not bad having fun times with other people. So that's why I say, how are you campers? And this one girl goes, that's really good. So I want to tell you, hi campers, how are you? Because it's bonding heaven and humanity together. John 1.14 explains this when it says, So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen a little picture of who he is, his glory, the glory of the Father, the Father's one and only Son. There's another word that's described in this hymn, Heart the Herald Angels Sing, and it's Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. I don't believe there's a single day where I don't experience in a special way God's presence. The family dynamics and times that we have is our own personal family. I sense God's presence, God's with us. When I'm in a difficult situation with people in a hospital, I sense God's presence. It's that same presence that came about to those shepherds. And they were overwhelmed and scared. I'm overwhelmed and say, thank you that Emmanuel is with us. This was predicted, by the way, in Isaiah 7, 14, where it says, All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son 
and we will call him Emmanuel. That presence of God is changing lives. I love it. Just this past Thanksgiving season, some of those guys that I've already referenced, they said this year Thanksgiving is going to be different. We're just not going to go through some tokenism uh, gestures. And several of the guys shared their testimony and shared how God, Emmanuel, is changing their lives. Another word that I want to highlight is born or birth. And, you know, birth creates hope and energy and change and life and legacy and connection. The song actually says that there'll be no more spiritual death. There's a second birth. I remember a couple years back, there was an individual who I knew that was having a very difficult time with cancer. And I wanted to go visit him. And the family was very protective and said, oh, this isn't a good day. And there was just something in my spirit, and this has happened many times, where I said, I can't listen to man here. I can't listen to people here. i got to listen to God. They insinuated, if in the future you were to go to see him, uh, keep it short. Well, I'm going to have sensitivity to know whether to keep it short if I'm walking in the spirit or it goes a little bit longer. And I think the family would have felt comfortable if I would have stayed about 15 minutes. They didn't know I went on that particular day, but they would have guided me 15 minutes. Well, this guy had a lot of questions, and we spent about an hour and a half together. And I presented Jesus Emmanuel to him. I presented a king and a lord and asked him if he knew Jesus. He said, I don't think I know that Jesus like you described. I said, would you like to respond now? He goes, I need more time to think about it. I said, well, I'm going to check on you. I need to know, whenever the time comes that this illness gets you, that you're going to be in heaven. Well, several weeks after that, he happened to be in church. And he was standing in a row with his family, and I went and I stood next to him. And with no one else able to hear it, I said, where are you at? And he said, I'm good. I'm ready to meet Jesus, Emmanuel, events, special moments like going to Bronner, shepherds being scared, but then being comforted, events of scripture that change our lives when we read it, coming to know Jesus personally, and songs that can change our life if we look at the true meaning. So I have a question. What is your response to the events we've unwrapped today? And you know what? God's word gives us an answer again, gives us an incredible blueprint. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So we've been given a glimpse 
a plan of action. Step number one, share your story. Not my story. Not your spouse's story. Not your spiritual mentor's story. Your story. How has God changed your life? Look what the shepherds did in Luke 2. And after seeing him, Jesus, and by the way, we've seen him today, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. Notice they told everyone. They didn't have the mentality of, well, this person may not be ready for this. They trusted God to know that he knows better than we do, and they shared with everyone. Men, I want to speak directly to you. Not the women. Women, you can listen. Kids, you can listen. But before dinner this year, your big dinner for Christmas, rather than having maybe a real quick prayer, would, would you be bold enough, because of what God is doing in your life, to share your faith walk, to share your testimony, to share your story, regardless if you've ever done that before. I'll just say, will you man up and let people see who is at the center of your life? Maybe you, you've never read the Christmas story before gifts are opened. Read the Christmas story. Well, the kids can't, no, 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 no. That's a parenting issue. The kids can wait. May they know what's true. And then we've discussed this for years, 20 plus years at this church, the people who have a birthday cake for Jesus. I don't think there's ever a time when we sing happy birthday to Jesus that I don't lose it. Don't cater to the naysayers. The people quote that you think, may not, you know, be in sync with what you're saying. They need Jesus. Share Jesus. Step number two, worship the king. Worship King Jesus. Luke 2.20 says this, The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. By the way, it's not Shay's job or my job uh, to teach you how to worship. It's our job to teach you who to worship. The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, Emmanuel, God with us. And what's interesting is this. The shepherds were told that the Savior of the world was coming. Those that were tending sheep that would be used as the sacrifice. It was predicting that there was going to be the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus. And in Revelation, we get a glimpse of heaven in Revelation 4, Revelation 5. That will be praising God, the Lamb of God. So this Christmas season, would you pay respect? Show reverence. Adore the King of Kings. When we say sing, just be engaged. Some feel comfortable raising their hands. You may want to hum. Just sing 
Just be engaged during the worship. Serve and serve with joy. And live all in for Jesus. He's not part of your life. He is your life. Look what Romans 12, 1 says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, assuming that you know Jesus, and by the way, if you don't know Jesus today, would you respond to Jesus? Ask him to come into your life. Experience in an unbelievable, powerful way the presence of God, Emmanuel. I plead with you, all of you who call yourselves Christians, followers of Jesus, to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. We learned last week that worship is literally giving God every aspect of our lives, not just on Sunday morning. Not just a piece of us, but all of us. To close out this time that I've had with you that I feel is special, I want to give you another little insight into Bronner's. They have 300 trees in that unbelievable building. What a lot of people don't know is, is on every single tree, there's one nativity ornament. Wally did it again. He was always going to make sure that there was something that communicated Jesus. Wally Bronner was a living ornament. Are you? Are you a living ornament for Jesus and every single one of us this year can be a living ornament, not just at Christmas, but 365 days of the year.